All right, guys, it's another Not The Top 20 betting show sponsored by Black Type Bet, who continue to offer listeners to the show a £10 free bet upon signing up to Black Type. And when you sign up to Black Type, all you have to do is use the coupon code, the offer code, whatever you like to call it, NTT20, all in caps, NTT20. A £10 free bet on a football selection will appear in your bet slip without you even needing to deposit. So uh, many of you have got involved. Many of you have done well out of it. Many of you still haven't. So if you are on the fence, but if you like a little punt on the football, then this is an excellent offer and we hope that you'll make the most of it. Other parish notices. We had a winner in scoreboard this week, Hugh Davis, who is always a, a, um, a contender in scoreboard, is now... One of very few winners of scoreboard. He picked Stoke and Middlesbrough to be nil-nil. I mean, that was the obvious one, wasn't it? A lot of you went for that one. But he was the only one to pick the game that went over 4.5 goals. George was there. Oxford versus Scunthorpe. It sailed over 4.5. Six in total in the end. And Hugh wins £20 in free bet from Black Type. Um, but you can get involved this week. They're offering the same. A £20 free bet for anyone that can pick a nil-nil and a game with five goals or more. There's 12 championship games to choose from and 40 games across the FA Cup first round. That's what we're going to be focusing on this week. At the end of the show, uh, uh, trialling a new feature this week. George, answering your punting-related questions. Thank you to those of you who have tweeted in, at NTT20pod and at BlackTypeBet. We're going to be working our way through some of the big questions, uh, punting-related, of course, over the next few weeks and uh, make sure that if you've got any burning desires then George will will be covering them before we begin before our match in focus George is going to talk us through last week which was okay it was okay you had a better week than I did um, you landed uh, three winning bets including a winning nap as well so that put you yeah that put you in the green for the week point eight up for the for the weekend um, I had less of a good time. We both nailed our, our, our tips in the Tranmere X to match and focus, which was nice. Yeah. Um, it was good for me that I managed to get that Tranmere to win to nil at three to one because that really saved me after a frustrating uh, time with the rest of them. The Luton nap obviously failing. I don't think I can have any complaints there because they could have lost that game very easily. Mm. And Preston Mansfield not really getting close either. So and I got the BTTS up, but it was a pretty poor one for me but a three to one tip does help so I was minus 1.2 for the weekend so I'm still in profit overall on 2.2 and you are just minus 0.8 Ali Uh, and I really hope that when we're sitting here next week we're both going to be in prof yeah well let's see let's see how we do we've got two picks from the FA Cup first round each Um, we've obviously got a pick each from the championship and then our usual BTTS selections and long shot selections which can be from either championship or the FA Cup so our match in focus was the obvious one it's Friday night in Sheffield Sheffield United against Sheffield Wednesday Uh, it's uh, as derbies go in the EFL it doesn't get much bigger I'm, I'm trying to think off the top of my head if there's anything I consider to be on the on the level above this, there might be a few on the, on a similar level, uh, but this is right up there, George. And uh, I think we've heard you talk about Sheffield Wednesday enough over the last few weeks, so that's my job this week. You've been looking at Sheffield United under manager Chris Wilder. What have you gleaned from your analysis, from your research? 
So this Sheffield United team is obviously very strong and they've had a good start to the season and they're coming on the, off the back of a disappointing 1-0 loss away at Nottingham Forest where the game is fairly even um, and it could have gone either way but they lost it. Um, interesting listening to or hearing or reading Chris Wilder's quotes from after the game. Uh, not played well, it's happened two or three times where it's tight and you're not as good as you'd like to be but you have to come away with something. Um, he's also I think somewhat in the press going a bit overboard because he wants money to spend in the window he even goes as far as saying I'm getting the maximum out of my team than most people do with more talented footballers so he can take great pride in that really that's interesting playing himself down as well playing the team down as an underdog almost playing the ability of his players down and therefore padding both himself and themselves on the back for the way they're performing I don't buy it at all I think this is a very very talented team Um, he last time out at Bramall Lane he played all three of his strikers in the same team in Leon Clark, Billy Sharp and David McGoldrick. Um, he dropped McGoldrick for Coots at Forest. Uh, McGoldrick came off the bench pretty early in that game, maybe regretting it. So I think we can probably expect injuries um, aside if everyone's fit. I think we'll probably see him go back to the team that played against Wigan, which sees Norwood and Fleck um, in the middle of the park with those three playing, playing, playing further forward. Do we think Duffy's uh, potential lack of fitness might be important in this one? But, I mean, if I assume he's not going to play at the moment. Mm, um, I think he, I think it's sort of fifty fifty. Exactly. I but mean, pro- it, presumably not yeah, to start. E- either way, I mean, if he starts and he's not fit, then it's obviously not ideal. And if he's and if he can't play, then that's a massive blow for them. They're, they're d- definitely a stronger side when Duffy, especially going obviously going forward when Duffy's there. I think he'd be a much more obvious person to play in that three with Clark, Sharp, and McGoldrick. Who, whilst McGoldrick's a very good footballer, they are three strikers in effect. Um, Freeman and Stevens obviously provide the width and that three at the back of Stearman, O'Connell and Basham, very, very strong indeed. Uh, I think it's a very, very good team, no matter what Chris Wilder says. Their home form as well is, is really, really strong. Um, they, I think, are 23rd in the league for, for shots conceded per game as well. So, yeah, I, I'm, I'm going to let you talk about Sheffield Wednesday now, but, um, but as far as I'm concerned, Sheffield United go into this game, despite on the back of a defeat... They go into this as a very, very strong championship team. Yeah, Sheffield Wednesday. Look, we, we've already had a few messages from Wednesday fans saying, you know, go easy on us or, or don't be too harsh. Um, I don't think that's necessarily them defending their team, though. Uh, I think it's just trying not to be too downhearted on, on this of all weeks. Um, Sheffield Wednesday have lost four games in a row, 12 goals to two um, on aggregate. And... Um, that defensive record is just horrendous. Um, they haven't been able to to efficiently defend all season, but they haven't found either a consistent and effective way of attacking, uh, of scoring goals. And of course, um, you mentioned a, a few times, even at the time, that it could only last so long. Uh, the, the Adam Reach screamers, and of course, um, he hasn't scored one in, in four or five games, and, and this is the result of that. So uh, in terms of system, it's kind of hard to nail down. The last few weeks we've seen a, a sort of, well, I've seen it written down as a four-four-two in the last two games. Um, if you look at the average positions that the players are taking up, it's, it's so hard to actually work out what the, the system is, what the plan is. Um, that might speak to them moving positions a lot during the game, which can confuse things. But essentially a back four with Pelopessi sitting in front of them. Uh, and then Bannon, who is such probably the key man, I'd say, in this Sheffield Wednesday side. Um, with Reach, Onoma um, and uh, Lucas Schwau and Nuiu or Fletcher up front. They can play with three at the back with wing backs as well. They've done that this season. They might try and do that to match Sheffield United and try and go basically man for man. Um, desperately try and keep them at bay and, and see if they can 
Uh, put some pressure on the, the back line of Sheffield United with two up front, but without Forestieri, who's been missing for a while now, without many of the other t- players who are either injured or exiled under Lahukai, uh, including Kieran Westwood, the goalkeeper, of course, Sam Hutchinson as well, not playing uh, Jones in midfield too. So it's, it's not a good atmosphere at the moment at Sheffield Wednesday. Now, how much importance do we put on the fact that it's a derby form book flying out the window all those sorts of cliches I personally don't put a huge amount into that um, they've lost the shot count in 13 of their 15 games this season uh, and you know you've spoken about Sheffield United there we know that they're a very good team at this level my angle here is you know trying to to ultimately back Sheffield United but trying to do so in a way that um, plumps the price up a little bit I think I've found something uh, Sheffield Wednesday's goal difference by half this season in the first half is minus one in the second half is minus eight we saw last week against Norwich they went in level uh, and then they capitulated so I think it's possible that Sheffield could keep Sheffield United at bay in the first half just about um, but I think Sheffield United's strength and Sheffield Wednesday's potential to capitulate will ultimately tell. So I'm going for draw at half-time, Sheffield United winners at 14-5 to 5 with black type. That's 3.8 in a decimal. Uh, I know, or at least I think I know, that you're looking to get with Sheffield United. Have you found a way that isn't just a sort of two-on shot? Yeah, it's amazing how big a price your selection is, which is purely because um, it seems to be so unlikely that, that they'll still be in at half-time. Uh, it's difficult, this, because... You know, you're struggling to find too much value about a team who are short as Sheffield United are. But um, the angle I'm going with is, is a more Wednesday-based one. It's one that I've basically backed um, in most Sheffield Wednesday games in the last couple of weeks, uh, a couple month or so. Mm. I just don't really think that it's particularly likely for Sheffield Wednesday to score a goal. Um, I, I don't think they have really the tools to pose problems to uh, to Sheffield United, who aren't necessarily the most solid at the back at the moment but even so I think they should be able to cope with them pretty easily um, and the way that Sheffield United, uh, Wednesday capitulated against Norwich leads me to think that they're going to be fairly devoid of any confidence and, and a derby game like this could be a pretty miserable miserable place to be um, so Sheffield United to win to nil at 13 to 10 is my tip for the match in focus happy days two out of two in last week's match in focus we had the same the other week with Doncaster and Coventry as well so um, you know that could be uh, it's obviously going to be an excellent game we would hope that all of you whether you're fans of either side will be watching that on Friday night but uh, it should be fascinating what's your nap this week George after um, last week in which Luton didn't do the business from you you know we, we see what effect that has on results because it's uh, it's minus two points if you don't win your nap and, yeah uh, you need to get back into well, I winning was, ways I was gonna go <laughs> I was going to go for an all non-league tie in the FA Cup oh nice um, but we'll get to that later I, I've, I've shirked it I just can't really bring myself to be that angry for doing that on uh, on Saturday evening so it's to the championship for my nap <laughs> Um, and it's to the Macron Stadium, uh, Bolton hosting Swansea. Mm-hmm. Um, this is one where I'm not a massive fan of, of, the, of the championship games this week in terms of finding a bet and finding value. My only angle here is that I'm not entirely sure that Swansea would be 11-10 to 10 in this game if they had beaten Rotherham um, last weekend. And I think to all intents and purposes, as far as I'm concerned, they, they beat Rotherham. The, the, the table may not say so they may not have the three points but in that game they did enough to have won that game very easily um, more than one nil and then two moments of human error have cost them the game there which again like what I was saying about Oxford and Scunthorpe it's just one of those freak things Bolton 
have picked up the second fewest points at home this season so far. Um, I think we're seeing in Swansea a team who are really starting to purr again. And before that shocking 10 minutes, they were on, they were on track for three wins on the bounce. Mm. Uh, Ollie McBurney back amongst the goals. Um, Selina looking really, really uh, good now as well. Uh, really coming into his own this season. Daniel James on the left looks like a really exciting prospect as well. Three assists already this season. Um, and then in, in, in Van der Horn and Roden, they've got two centre-backs who you know, really doing the business here. I think Bolton will struggle to get near them and the kind of football that, that Swansea are playing, I think they'll cause Bolton all sorts of problems. And as I say, I, I just ha- I just think that the result last weekend has maybe slightly skewed the price. It wouldn't have had a massive difference. You're maybe looking at a shade of odds on or even mm. money, but but I think that 11 or 10, um, Swansea are value, even though they're away from home. Yeah, they're away from slightly worrying. One of the reasons why I moved past them um, I'm napping in the championship as well. I think, you know, good to stick to what we know as, as excited as we are to look through the FA Cup card. And as much fun as I had going through that um, and doing some research on some of the non-league teams involved, I'm going with Bristol City at home to Preston at 2.27. It's a, it's a funny old price, that, in fraction 127 to 100 on the Black Type website. This is my nap. Bristol City um, have won the XG battle, ignoring the, the full-time score. Uh, in their last six games in the championship, that's against Reading, Stoke, Hull, Brentford, Sheffield Wednesday and Rotherham. So they've played four poor teams, really, but uh, but two sides that they could have struggled against, but that they got the better of, at, at least on quality of chances created. So, of course, they haven't won all those games in reality, but you know we do put quite a lot of importance on uh, on long-term or mid-term XG trends and XG numbers. So I'm looking instantly to get on side Bristol City here and at, at home against a Preston side who themselves are probably uh, feel a little bit unlucky certainly in terms of their underlying performance numbers to still be down uh, near the bottom end of the table but um, the difference with Preston is although they've won four out of their last six uh, in XG in pure XG terms um, I think that the from what I've seen the difference between what they create at home versus what they create away from home is, uh, is quite a big difference. Struggle to uh, create chances to the same extent away from home. So Bristol City, they've been a very inconsistent team this season, one of the most inconsistent teams in the league, to be honest. But when I look at the team, when I look at the squad, I don't have huge reservations about their defence. I think they're relatively solid. Um, they've got a lot of attacking players who are competent. Um, they play a style of football that can um, that I think will lend itself well to this Preston side who'll play a similar kind of way really uh, and I just think that at 2.27 um, with the home advantage and with really good performances in the last five weeks or so uh, Bristol City my pick in the championship and my nap as well at 2.27 so we'll move into FA Cup territory now George 40 ties to to trawl through how did you go about this do you, you do you like a bit of FA Cup first round what do you first, first, first round. round or third round well, I was going to say um, back in the back in the Squawker days when I used to work for Squawker I wrote a um, a tipping column about the third round and the fourth round which did remarkably well so maybe we can dig that up when we get to that stage um, Definitely. I think I think the interesting thing about, about betting on cup, cup competitions is purely looking at the you know, why do these teams want to win? Is this an unwelcome distraction? Do the managers have history of doing well in cup competitions? It adds a whole new dimension to it. So quite a lot of different like sort that. of research you might do Definitely. compared to our normal I league. I wouldn't really 
worry too much about performance data when it comes to cup competitions um using a very obvious point michael appleton is a manager who as soon as he's a management i will basically back him in every single cup as long as he's the underdog cup match because that's what he said was the most important thing you have to you have to win your favorites games to get there in the first place um the first game i'm going for is ebsfleet cheltenham again sticking to this theme of looking at the circumstances around the games rather than necessarily um the games themselves uh ebsfleet have sacked their manager today daryl mcmahon um, which may lead you to kind of side with them rather than get against them. But a quick read of the club statement um, says he has led the club to the playoffs in each of the last three seasons and won promotion from the National League South through the playoff final in 2017. In the side's first season back in the National League, the club reached the playoff semi-final, losing to eventual winners Tranmere Rovers. So it sounds to me like this guy is quite smart. It sounds like he's done a pretty incredible job there. And it sounds like... As ever, the old cliche, he's been a bit of a victim of his own success. If you look at how they started the season, they won four of their first six games, losing just two. Since then, they've been on a barren run, winning two games um, since the end of August, um, keeping just one or just, keeping just two clean sheets in that time. Yeah, it, I don't... On the outset, it doesn't look to me like this is the kind of sacking which is going to prove a balance. This is a guy who's basically led them to the position they're in to yeah, get there. Yeah, a popular guy around there. And I a think. very, very popular guy there as well. So I, I'm What not about Cheltenham, though? Because they still haven't won so under with, Mike Duff. With Cheltenham, you, that's a lie. You're wrong. <laughs> you said have. on this podcast when you about, picked about against the, them, About the league. Yeah, about league no, form. You said that that but game against Arsenal under 23s didn't really make reason, much of a difference. The reason It made absolutely no difference my thinking for a league game. The reason why it makes a difference here is because it shows us the mentality of manager Mike Duff and cup competitions he's already had one unbelievably um, you know a 6-2 win against Arsenal playing a very strong team which they then went into the next game and got a massive point although it should have or could have been three in the next game there's absolutely no chance that Duff takes this lightly there's no way he goes into this game thinking it's an unwelcome distraction from a relegation battle given what they've just done so and you know they've scored eight goals in the last two games mm. one of which being what should be meaningless cup game so looking at the, at the betting Ebsfleet are in a pretty lowly position in the National League due to that as well um, they won their last game 1-0 at home to Barrow but they're on a fairly desperate run of form so seeing and you know, at the end of the day Cheltenham are a team as poor as they are um, who uh, you know would be far higher than Ebsfleet in the, uh, in the National League so quotes of 15-8 to eight, making Ebsfleet you know 6-4-7-5 favourites I, I can't see that at all and looking at the circumstances around both teams, and um, yeah, it's a, it's a confident point here going on on Cheltenham to beat Epsley. Interesting stuff. I'm going to pick Salford at Shrewsbury uh, in the FA Cup this weekend. You can get them seven to two, four point five on the Black Type website. Uh, this, as always, there's there's thinking on both sides here. Salford, you know, whatever you think about the way they're going about their uh, escape from non-league just in pure performance terms they are uh, very very good they are riding high in the national league I believe they're second having just been knocked off the top but after starting the season winless in three they've picked up 38 points from 16 games which is a sensational return they've only failed to score once this season their away record is, is very impressive it doesn't look like It makes a massive difference uh, whether they're home or away. There's not a a big swing in performances or in results there. Um, Rory Gaffney and Rooney, of course, who signed from from Scotland, have scored 19 between them in 19 games. 
Um, and on the Shrewsbury side of things, they've been on the wrong end of, of non-league giant killings on nine occasions as a football league club, which is right up there um, for regular football league clubs. But forgetting history in the here and now, uh, I'm just not convinced that things are uh, all well. Uh, they got a win at Wimbledon last week, a huge victory in, ter- in what it meant in terms of league position, but uh, a poor performance, really, um, saved by the good delivery of Doherty and the aerial strength of Waterfall. So I don't particularly rate Shrewsbury. I think that, they've, that their levels of performance have, have, if anything, dropped in the last few weeks. Um, and this morning... Um, reports in the in the national newspaper, Alan Nixon reporting that Shrewsbury want to fire John Askey, but they can't agree a payoff with the manager. Now, uh, the the CEO of Shrewsbury came straight out and said it's a pack of lies, um, and and there was a lot of angry reaction about that. So it, it's possible that what Alan Nixon said was not didn't have much of a strong foundation, but. Either way, this is not ideal preparation for a cup game. Um, and yeah, these, these two teams could be in the same league in nine months' time. Um, so if there's, uh, depending on how big the gap between them is, I, I think it's not actually as big as it might look on paper. And so Salford, um, to, to provide an upset and at the price of seven to do is, uh, is interesting to me. So this game on Sunday, I'll be, uh, I'll be hoping um, for my bank balance that Salford do the business but not necessarily um, cheering them on I don't think because of course we are loyal to our EFL teams uh, what about your second pick in the in the FA Cup this weekend yeah we could not the top 20 and it's only fair that uh, you know the teams down in the non-league should get some coverage as well so it's an all non-league clash that's a good point you talk about um about two teams that could be in the same division next season. I mean, these are two teams who could be swapping places next season. Um, we've got Glenn Tamplin's Billericay travelling to fallen giant Chesterfield who are trying to ward off a third successive relegation. Uh, Chesterfield have only won three games this season in the National League. They're currently on 17 points. It's been a really dire, dire start uh, season for them so far. They won their first three games and are winless since that. They went on a run of losing their net six after that, and they're currently on a run of drawing their last six games. It's, it's, it's pretty miserable down there. They've had a re- endured a really, really tough time. They're struggling to score goals. They've drawn their last four games, one all. Billericay, on the other hand, are top of the National, National League South. I think we can all agree that it'll be a massive surprise if they're not playing in the National League next season um, in terms of both uh, the investment in the club from Tamplin, mm. the players they have at their disposal, they're just... You know, a cut above at the moment. Last season, Bit of a soft spot for Alfie Potter. Yeah, I don't know how much he's actually playing, but I mean, I'm, of course, I love Alfie. But uh, <laughs> but, but uh, and you know, someone who knows uh, FA Cup glory oh, yeah. very very well indeed. Haven't and Waterlooville. Exactly. Did yeah. he score against yeah. Liverpool? Yeah, he scored against Liverpool. Fantastic. Um, but Billericay have a bit of previous in this competition. Last season, um, they drew against Leatherhead uh, in the away tie. Got drawn with a you know really winnable tie away at Wickham and lost the replay 3-1. Much of that squad is still there. Tamplin is obviously still there. And you get the feeling that that is going to, given their ambitions, that's going to really rankle with them. And I think that's going to provide them massive impetus coming into this. Um, Given their strong form going into the game, there's no chance they're going to be resting on their laurels or looking to to lose this. This will be a game that I massively want to win, especially with the high-profile Martin Allen in charge of, uh, of Chesterfield as well. Um, this strikes me as, as a game that Chesterfield won't want. I think when the draw came out, Allen and the whole squad would have been pretty devastated to get that draw. It's just a massive banana skin against a team who, as I say, could easily be playing in the National League next season. And if Chesterfield don't butt their ideas up, they could be playing uh, in yet another league below. 
Um, so I think you can tell where I'm siding with here. Um, I'm not a massive fan of, I don't think anyone is, of Tamplin and his public persona. Um, I think I took quite a lot of pleasure in, in seeing Leatherhead do the business over mm. them. A couple of goals from Jack Midson that day as well. Um, but I think at the prices, you'd have to be, you'd have to be pretty crazy to be, even if they win, to be backing Chesterfield, who haven't won for nearly three months um, <laughs> at home to a team who who can't stop winning. Um, so at two to one, this was going to be the nap, but I've just got to accept that I may not know as much about it as I do about the other stuff. But um, I'm yeah. Two to one, Chester, uh, Billericay to do to do a job on Chesterfield. I really, I've just realised that we've picked Salford and Billericay here. <laughs> I feel like I feel like the non-league purists are going to be really, really upset with that. So our apologies, but we're in the business of picking winners. That's what we're trying to do here. Um, my final FA Cup pick is Crew. They're at home to Carlisle, so League Two versus League Two. Not necessarily the most exciting fixture on paper, but I think that Crew. Uh, are a decent shout at 6-4 to four or 2.5 in decimals. They've got a decent home record this season. They did get binned off by Mansfield last week, but when they've played poor teams at home or middling teams, generally they've won. Uh, Swindon, Macclesfield, Morecambe, Grimsby have all been put to the sword. Um, they've also drawn with MK Dons and Berry. So at home, anyway, crew have been okay. Um, those losses to Port Vale and Mansfield. Uh, they did well in the FA Cup last year, uh, which was Artel's first full season in charge. They beat Rotherham, who were in the division above them. They took Blackburn to a replay in, in the second round. So um, that that you know is a tick in the box there. Artel has been speaking this week about how important a cup run can be financially for the club. Um, so you can see that he is clearly very focused. John Sheridan has not said anything about this game as of yet. I think he's a bit distracted because Carlisle um, could be depleted for this trip. Uh, and at this stage, when we record on Wednesday evening, we're not sure uh, if they will be. But there's doubt about four of their lone players, key players for them. Uh, Ashley Nadison, Jack Sowerby, Adam Campbell and Jerry Yates, who uh, they're not sure yet whether they're going to be able to play in this game uh, because of their half season loans. Their, their parent clubs may not want them to. So that's a worry. John Sheridan himself doesn't have a very good record in the FA Cup. Um, he had a famous win as Oldham manager at Goodison Park against Everton in 2008. But generally, his record's fairly poor. 24 games, 8 wins, 7 draws and 9 defeats. Um, and Carlisle, we, we seem to discuss a lot. They got that win against Newport last week. Um, but I think it was a fairly fortunate win. And uh, I, I just don't really buy them still, despite a league position that, that seems to say they're OK, that they're fine. Um, I'm just not sure they're particularly good, so I'm taking crew here at six to four. So that leaves BTTS picks and long shot picks. George, where are you going for BTTS this week? Yeah, going to Ewood, um, and it's a BTTS no. One of the rare, rare one of the few grounds in the EFL that you can actually call Fortress Ewood, and you're you're pretty yeah. much spot on because their home record there is incredible and um, yeah, some BTTS no here at five to six. Um, I've got massive massive respect for Rotherham. Um, I really do, but I, I think they're going to be going into this game with a pretty tried and tested mentality under under Paul Warren, which is going to be let's just try and get a nil nil, and if we can nick something, that'd be fantastic. Um, we've seen them do that against uh, Middlesbrough two away games ago. I think that really sets the blueprint for this game, um, and we've also seen them draw blanks recently away at Nottingham Forest and away at Aston Villa in games that they lost. Um, so. I, you know, Blackburn aren't going to be particularly rampant either. I think Rotherham are set up very well defensively. I think they're, they're a very organised team. And then Michael Smith, they've got a striker who can pose problems. 
but I just don't think this is going to be a goal fest at all. Um, and it's just one of those where it wouldn't surprise me if it was nil-nil. Um, I think if Rotherham are going to win it, it'll be by a goal. Um, and it wouldn't. I think Blackburn to win to nil is the most likely event. So at five to six, BTTS no with Black Type. That was one of the first times in 15 weeks of doing this where we actually had the same pick. Um, and you pulled rank there, age before beauty, um, and you got that. So my BTTS pick is also in the championship. It's BTTS, yes. In Reading Ipswich, this is 1.8 with black type. Um, Ipswich, one clean sheet this season. Uh, They showed a bit more uh, vim and vigour in the last game, in Paul Lambert's first game in charge. Um, I think any team can create chances against Reading. Um, Reading have kept one clean sheet this season. Uh, They do score, or seem to score at a decent enough rate as well. Um, And I think anyone can create chances against this Ipswich team. So similar thinking, really, for both sides. Uh, Both defences error-prone all season long. Uh, Of course, Ipswich, you know, their first game under Lambert was uh, the headlines taken by the Preston goalkeeper and the Preston outfielder, Gallagher, who went in goal. But both teams will be fully targeting a win here. Um, because both of them will look at the other and think, yeah, I mean, not only can we beat this opposition, but we should beat this opposition, and we have to beat this opposition if we're going to be moving away from the relegation zone. So I'm going to go for goals here. BTTS in Reading Ipswich at 1.8. Fair to say you're not bit of, so bit sure. Bit of a clash of styles here. Um, <laughs> but it's weird because the thinking is quite similar to yours. It's just reversed. Um, my <laughs> it's long the same, shot, but, in t- but completely but exactly the opposite. The opposite. Um, yeah, my, my long shot's nil-nil in that game. Um, I think this is two just desperate teams going forward. Um, most importantly, uh, Ipswich were much improved um, on the weekend, but their goal was a penalty. Reading yet again scored three goals with a with a um, XG of about 0.6. Um, Mighty's obviously now injured as well. He's been scoring all their goals. Yeah. Um, which is out a, for the game. Bodvarsson out as well. Which is a massive loss. And I mean, you say Bodvarsson out, he's good for about five goals a season. So He's already got five goals this season. And so. They're all in the first two games. Um, yeah, I, I think this is, this is two teams who are going to be really struggling to stay up this season. Um, and people are aware of my opinions on Reading. Um, I'm not to be. <laughs> well, I just, you know, if, if they continue to put in performances like they are, they're not going to score goals. That's just the fact of it. Um, and in Paul Lambert, if we have a manager who will, who will be going to this game looking to keep it tight, um, that he'd bite your hand off for a nil-nil now. I'm not convinced Paul Clement um, is capable of... of really building a I think in, in a battle of tacticians here I know who I'd rather have in my dugout and that's definitely Lambert um, so yeah I mean you, you're you right in that these are two defences that have struggled to keep clean sheets thank you um, but I, I think these are two sets of attacks who, who are just pretty toothless and, and yeah it wouldn't surprise me to see this just be a, a board draw 1.8 is my pick for BTTS in Reading it switch George's Pick of nil-nil. George is, is, is offering you a seven-to-one shot there. So pick your fighter. Let us know, uh, Reading fans, Ipswich fans and others, what you think about um, this because we are clearly opposed here. My long shot. Well, uh, after I saw Burton take apart Walsall in the first half last week and play at a, a very, very high level, creating chances at will, uh, I've been looking to get with them all week, really. Um, it's been a fantastic few weeks for them. 
Um, of course, beating Nottingham Forest in the Carabao Cup to reach the quarterfinals. And then that 3-1 win against Walsall last week. I'm just really impressed with them in general. Uh, and they go away to Scunthorpe. And Scunthorpe, I think, you know, from what you saw last week, from what we've seen over the last six weeks or so, um, there's plenty of issues there, not least defensively. So my pick is Burton and over 3.5 goals in the match. Um, and that's six to one with black type. So a, a fairly juicy long shot here. Now, I've got some stats to back it up as well. 53% of Scunthorpe's games have gone over 3.5. Um, they average 4.33 total goals per game at home at Glanford Park and Burton's 3.38 per game away from home. Um, Scunthorpe this season, they've lost games 3-2 twice. They've lost 5-0. They've lost 4-1. So when it goes wrong, it goes fairly spectacularly wrong, I think it's fair to say. Even last week, the 3 all draw having been 3-0 down. It's, it's complete chaos basically, at Glamford Park. Um, so it comes down to, do I fancy Burton to win? Well, yes, I do, because I think in the chaos at Glamford Park, they can pick their way through the Scunthorpe back line, which is all at sea, uh, with Devante Cole and Liam Boyce up front, um, and with Allen and Fraser in midfield, Heskith as well, really good technical players. Um, I fancy Burton to rack up the goals. We know that Scunthorpe have plenty going forward as well. So I fancy Burton to win and over 3.5 goals at 6-1 to one with black type. So um, those are our picks. We've got the first of the new feature, which is where you ask George questions about punting. They can be basic, they can be detailed, anything really. Just chuck them at us on Twitter at NTT20pod. We will accumulate a list and each week we'll pick one or two good ones to go through uh, our inaugural pick or rather question for George came from Hugo Smiley uh, and it's a very good question I must say he says George given your in-depth knowledge of all the teams in the EFL very kind of him to say do you price up matches yourself and bet according to where you find the value and if not why not so I'll, I'll answer this back to front. Um, the, the, sh- the short answer is no. And the reason is because of my job and this podcast and not having enough time to. But the answer that I should be giving is that yes, um, you definitely should. I mean, that is, at the end of the day, the only way to really approach betting on football or betting on anything, really. Um, in your mind, there should be a price at which any team is backable. Um, we look at Sheffield United against Sheffield Wednesday. Even though I think that Sheffield Wednesday are very unlikely winners there obviously will be a price that they get to say it's I don't know 25 to 1 where you've got to accept that there's value there and you've got to back them um, for me in my gambling because it's um, recreational rather than professional um, I find that I don't you know I just don't have time um, to write my own tissue which is where you basically create prices yourself resources needed there as well but not or necessarily more or less, no, yeah. I mean you obviously you know Proper people, you know, odds compilers and pro gamblers will have models from which they can create prices using algorithms. But you can also, you know, you can you can do it objectively. You can look at a game of football and take into every, everything you think and come up with a price. I mean, you could ask me a price for next weekend's game and I could just work one out. Um, so if, in my head, I'll have one. Um, so I'll basically do my work on the fixtures without looking at the prices um, and without writing out a proper tissue. I'll then look through the prices and look for the outliers where mm. I've been surprised. And that's where... Um, you have to uh, find your bets. I mean, there are often, you know, people struggle with this, but there are often bets that you have, obviously, where, you know, if you're backing something at, at, at 11 or 4 because you think it should be a 2-to-1 shot, 
you think it's a two to one shot, you still think it's it's an unlikely winner, but you're, you're you've got to find the value. Um, so yeah, short answer. No, I don't do that. Um, you definitely, if, if you've got the the means and the ability um, to price up game, games of football and the time, more importantly, accurately, um, and you and you can beat the market, then that's how you make money. Um, but I sadly don't have the time uh, to do so. But uh, but that that is definitely a, you know the most successful way that that you can assess whether or not a football team is value to to win a game or whether a goal line is wrong or whatever. And there are lots of people that do what you're talking about and who do very good podcasts about it as well. So if that's the sort of thing that interests you, then there's plenty out there podcast-wise in terms of punting as well. Um, And uh, yeah, no, very, very good first answer, George. Hopefully that'll um, prompt a flood more questions because there's there's plenty of interesting things to ask, I think. Um, I'll just recap the bets uh, before we let you guys go. So here's a recap. In our match in focus, the Steel City Derby on Friday night, my pick is a draw at half time and Sheffield United to win ultimately at 3.8 at 14 to 5 with black type. George is going Sheffield United win to nil at 13 to 10. Both of our naps came in the championship. George is going for Swansea away to Rotherham at 11 to 10. I'm picking Bristol City at 2.27. They're at home to Preston. Four FA Cup picks for you guys to keep an eye on. Uh, I'm going with Salford away at Shrewsbury and George Billericay away at uh, Chesterfield. And then also I'm taking Crewe at home to Carlisle. George Cheltenham away to Ebbsfleet. Um, BTTS, it's a yes from me in Reading versus Ipswich at 1.8. Although George has looked at that game and gone the other way. Nil-nil in that game is his long shot at 7-1. to one. His BTTS is Swansea versus Rotherham. No at five to six and my long shot Burton to beat Scunthorpe at Glanford Park with over 3.5 goals in the game at six to one we hope you've enjoyed this podcast as I've said get involved with scoreboard tweet us at ntt20pod and black type at black type bet to enter we need a nil nil from the weekend slate of games and an over 4.5 game as well but also make sure that if you've got any queries and questions We are now, uh, well, George is available to answer all of your questions punting related on next week's podcast. Thank you very much for joining us. And until Monday's show, recapping the weekend, that's it from us. (laughs) 